Hello, 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 and welcome to episode number 50. Yes, that's right, the big 5-0 of 5-star potential, a weekly book manager podcast brought to you by WeStream FM. On this week's pod, we'll be chatting about how we go about scouting for those fabled wonder kids in our saves. But first of all, I must introduce you to my co-hosts, Mr. Dave Azapardi. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me back, everybody. Yes, you are returning from holiday. The return, yeah. It was good to uh, good to listen to the pod as well for a uh, for a change rather than being on it. It was good listening. Watch your son and yourself. Yeah, yeah that's it. On the, Marvelous. On the tennis. Yeah. Also returning, Mr. Viking Dan. Welcome. Hello. Hello. How are you doing, sir? Not too bad. How are you? I'm all right, thank you very much. Excellent. Joseph, no one's stolen your phrase, so you can go ahead and use it. It's great to be back, George. Yes. George, <laughs> <laughs> the dog's not even in here. Yeah, George. Brilliant. I mean. You can check back the Twitter timelines for, for, for apparent banter, quote-unquote, but there you go. Uh, and rounding us off is Mr. Kurt Dizzle. Hello, sir. I'm your man. Brilliant. Wow. I've got faith, right I've got faith, that, <laughs> faith in you there. Um, right, okay, save updates. Kurt Dizzle, go. Uh, so, um, on last week's pod, we extensively covered my failure at Man City. Um, obviously, that journey ended much quicker than I was expecting so I decided to dip my toes in uh, different waters um, I wanted to move out of England I haven't managed outside of England for absolutely ages to be honest so it kind of it made sense to go now I was thinking either um, Turkey or Russia um, the, the idea I've got for Russia though is kind of a bit more of a long-term save and as we've only got well probably less than three months now of FM18 I thought, why not head to Turkey? So um created uh, my avatar, Rushdu Rechba, who's like ex-Fenerbahce Barcelona goalkeeper, holidayed forward a year, um, and I've taken over Fenerbahce. So it's, uh, yeah, it's 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 been interesting. I mean, just learning players' names is difficult enough, <laughs> to be honest with you. Like, pronunciations are a disaster, I imagine. Uh, we have had a few uh, Kathy Burks in the stream, and uh, they're friendly enough. Uh, one came in today and called me a mother effer. Not sure why, but yes. um, yeah. In terms of the actual football club, it's gone all right. We haven't got any money, so um, well, actually, I say that we we do have money. We've got like forty million quid sitting in the bank, but the board don't want to give us any. Uh, so we've had to rely on picking up a couple of free transfers in the first window. Uh, we've brought in a couple of players on loan. We've got uh, Shay Shay Ojo. And uh, Lookman from Everton, who started really well. Um, we've picked up a couple of wins, had a couple of defeats. We beat, got beat by Galatasaray in the second game of the season. So it's been um, it's been an interesting start to life in Turkey. Um, fingers crossed, like we have a half decent year. At least maybe get into Europe so we can um, so that we can sort of boost the coffers. But it's interesting because Fenerbahce aren't actually. That good, like whenever you think of Turkish football, you always think Galatasaray, Fenerbahce are the sort of superpowers. But actually, Fenerbahce have kind of fallen on slightly harder times. Um, so it's actually uh, it should be a good challenge for sort of three or four seasons, I imagine. You playing Lookman as a winger, Curti? Uh, at the moment, um, we've got him playing as an inside forward from the left. So we've kind of been shuffling the pack a bit. We've got Val Buena, uh, we've brought in. Um, Dumbia uh, on a free transfer. We've got a guy called Giuliano who's who's pretty tasty. Uh, we've got a half decent uh, Turkish winger as well. 
Um, but it's kind of nothing's really clicked into place until probably the last couple of games. Um, Lookman's kind of settled as that inside forward from the left. Uh, Dumbia up top as an advance forward. We've got Giuliano working as a trek behind him uh, with the winger on attack on the right-hand side and we're just sort of playing counter football. I mean, we've got Martin Skirtle at the back. He's obviously got no pace whatsoever. To, you know, turns like, a, turns like a row of shopping trolleys. Uh, we've brought in... <laughs> <laughs> we've brought in uh, Doria to sort of play alongside him and he's settled in quite nicely, actually. Um, so, But... With Skirtle, it's just you don't want to be pushing the line too high. Best player so far is um, Ozan Tufan. He's um, he's he's very very good <laughs> box to box midfielder. Um, he's got forty odd caps for Turkey. I think he's twenty four. So they, I mean, a, a few of the a few of the Turks that have come in the chat have sort of mentioned him specifically. So um, I'm quite excited about him, actually. He's, he's a decent player. He won't improve a hell of a lot on, obviously, what he is now because he is 24 years old. But um, I think we'll, we'll build the team around him to an extent. Um, we've got a really good young goalkeeper as well. They're the sort of pillars that I see going forward. Everyone else is um, expendable. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's good. I think this first season is going to be a bit of a throwaway year. Uh, next season is going to be the big one. Yeah, I've seen Tufan turn out pretty good. He was very good last year, actually. Uh, when I took over at uh, Villarreal on my journeyman, he was in his late 20s and the team had kind of... He was he was the captain, the club captain, and played 40-odd games a year. Um, really yeah. solid player. I only let him go because he was getting on. Yeah, he's got um, he's got that arrives late in opponent's penalty area, PPM yeah. as well, which is... Love um, that on a centre mid. Yeah, which is gold dust. So as a box-to-box midfielder, he's, he's, he's found his place. We're playing him alongside... Um, uh, Topal, he's like a, a veteran Turkish defender, but he can also play DM. So he sat alongside him, just doing nothing, just being the anchor man, just chilling and letting Tufan kind of do his thing and join the attack. And it's working quite well. Perfect. Glad to see that you've sort of fell on your feet, sort of, in Turkey. Well, it's early There's days. Else. Bit of Turkish for <laughs> Oh, brilliant. There we go. <laughs> Pun- puns, we've got them. Uh, <clears throat> Mr. Dave Azapardi, have you. What are you doing? I know you you've sort of made a sort of a brief announcement about a comeback to Twitch. Have you got plans for that? Yeah, well, it, obviously with me being away over the last week, not really touch football manager. And I normally, you know, what I'm normally like uh, some sometimes delve into the mobile game. I didn't even play that this year. So, um, but yeah, I start. I've still got the Wolves sort of retro save on YouTube, which will be carrying on for one one season. But I do want to come back to Twitch, sort of sorting myself out a little schedule. I'm going to wait until the end of the transfer window to decide who I'm going to be. Um, I am, I know we spoke about it earlier, I'm sort of tempted by Wolves now you mentioned it and everyone's going to be shocked about that, obviously. But I was looking at Fulham and West Ham as well. Um, but I'm, I'm not 100% sure yet. I'll probably wait for the transfer window to finish off and then uh, see who I decide. But hopefully, yeah, um, sort of end of next week, um, week commencing, well, yeah, week commencing the sixth. Obviously, when this pod's out, hopefully, I'll um, start streaming again and get some solid schedule. Because some people have actually spoke to me and said, "I'm not actually seeing your stream." Because as Joe uh, put a tweet out earlier, I've probably only streamed about eight or nine times since the turn of Football Manager uh, eighteen. So yeah, I do need to start jumping uh, back onto Twitch a little bit more. Please don't go anywhere near my football club. <laughs> I'll make it more successful than it's ever been, son. They're already really good at sucking managers. So. Hey, <laughs> easy now. 
does look exactly. a fun save though, West Ham. Uh, with yeah. A lot of the transfer business that's been done, it does look a, I think there'll be quite a few saves with West Ham next year. Yeah, I think, it's certainly yeah. something that's that's tempted me with um with like kind of all the updates and stuff that are coming out. A lot of the Premier League clubs have invested quite well in in bigger players, and maybe the teams that I ex- actually expected to invest more re- kind of haven't. So obviously Burnley is an example at the moment. I think they've only signed one player and they've just gone to Europe. I'd expect them to maybe have signed and tried to strengthen more, unless they're sort of trusting the eleven they've got there. But yeah, I mean Fulham, Wolves, um, obviously West Ham, a couple of the other sides have just really invested well, and that's why it's something a little bit different. Something I want to tr- try out anyway. Burnley don't need to invest. They've got Jack Cork. He's a natural yeah. segundo Valente. <laughs> They've got Ashley Barnes. Chris Wood in, behind, uh, in support. That's it. What do you need? Yeah. Lots. Uh, 11 players. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mr. Dan, now we're talking about comebacks. There's another one. Uh, so I, I know you're sort of very much in limbo, but you are coming back to Football Manager on stream very, very soon. As um, of when this goes live, last night. <laughs> well, exactly, but yeah. but you will. So, but have you come to a final decision about who you're going to it, be? Not a final decision. There's a couple of teams, a couple of teams in the front of my mind. Um, I've not. I, I had the realization I've not actually done a save in England uh, this year. So there's the real temptation to do that, um, and there's a few. I think I'd be going for like a championship level side to try and build them back up into the Premier League and maybe push for European places or something. Wolves. Might be a quite nice hey. championship level club. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want to take them down to League One. Hey. Um, the uh, But yeah, that kind of level of, of club, because I think it'd be nice to have a bit of a, an elongated save, something that'll take up like the three months, like it was saying, until FM19 betas start dropping and things like that. But not something where it's going to be, I'm not going to have to invest 15 seasons into. Um, so yeah, that that kind of level. I've also been having a look around uh, Belgium and Portugal for like mid-table sides. We can try and usurp the, you know, the the top two or three teams that are usually running away with the leagues. Try and get above those, or at least match them within uh, within five ten years or something. But yeah, not not finalised yet, um, as of recording. But obviously, it will be by the time it comes out. Awesome. Well, we'll keep our ear cl- ears close to the ground. And well, it'll all be have been revealed anyway. Yeah. So ten PM nightly. There we go. There we yeah. go. Um, Mr. Joseph, how are all things in Valencia? Lol. I mean, Villarreal. Ha ha ha. Um, it's going really well. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a great reference that two people will get it. Um, yeah, it's been going really, really well. Um, the four four two 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 the box formation is definitely now my favourite out of the two. Um, I, it's weird that I'm getting getting moist over a, a defensive kind of formation when I like scoring lots of goals, which it does. But I just get kind of fixed on that back four, just kind of all moving together and passing around. Um, I suppose I can say it on the pod because I hopefully will drop to a little post before Monday. Um, Danny Ings is better than Gerard Moreno. Um, Danny Welbeck is amazing. Um, and I might have signed Ganzo and Moroni to fit the uh, Raquel May role. Yes, PhG. <laughs> I mean, my Chinese scout absolutely nailed it. Brilliant. Uh, how I, had are you, fa- I had five. <laughs> how are you setting up the the box? Are you? Because I saw you were using wingers with in the with. In, in, <laughs> 
<laughs> oh man. I saw you were using inverted wingers. Flat pack stuff, and... mate. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Enough of the careless whispers. <laughs> it's it's two central defenders, two DMs on support. Um, they're all on close down less. Um, it's just more about keeping that shape rather than one player going out, losing that box shape and allowing it players to kind of get in. What you find is it really isolates strikers and attacking midfielders. And the, between the four of them, if they're in possession, they just pass around them. Uh, imagine like a Rondo type style. Um, and then in the defensive, obviously when they're being attacked against, it's literally so compact in the middle that because they don't move, it's like they're just waiting for the other team to make a mistake. They have to pl- try and play balls over the top or try, and, you know, and it, it, you turn over possession very quickly. So you are playing like two DMs and two centimeters. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm playing, sorry. Uh, so you're talking about the midfield. Um, kind yeah, of yeah. Midfield change. No, I'm, I'm playing, I'm playing two inverted wingers. Right. Um, so, it's, so it's, it's literally like two, two center defenders, two DMs on support, and then I've got two in, uh, inverted wingers on attack. Excellent. Does, uh, has anyone had any joy inside your box? Uh, I've lost no. a couple of games, but my box is pretty tight. <laughs> oh dear! Good. <laughs> just, just wow. Oh dear. More George Michael jokes there. Eh? Um, mm. Yeah. Let's go outside. The I box. mean, we've, we've made plenty of glory hole references in the past, so we don't need to go and revisit those again. I think. Uh, in terms of my save at the moment, it's how's your save, awesome. Matthew? How was my save? Uh, it's. So the Sir Alex Ferguson challenge with, with Borough has been awesome so far. We finished fifth in my first full season, which means Europa League. We missed out on a Champions League spot by a single point, and goal difference was pretty much in Arsenal's favour, but we bottled the last two games. So it was a bit galling, and we got absolutely tranced by Spurs in the final day of the season, but that was good. And so now carrying on into this season... Patrick Roberts is awesome. He's just got an England cap. Uh, we've just signed. We signed quite a few players, sort of mainly on freeze. I've, I've barely spent anything in comparison to how much we've sold. So I've, I've shipped out about sixty millions worth of players and only signed fifty. Um, most of those are wonder kids of some shape or form, which are particularly awesome. Um, one arrives in January who could be one of the best players that I've seen at seventeen ever. So looking forward to seeing how he develops. We did miss out on one particular player who has who we had a ninety rating from my scouts. Bear in mind, my scouting team is pretty awesome, uh, so I was disappointed to miss out on him. We offered him forty-two thousand pounds a week, and Napoli blew us out of the water with one hundred fifty thousand pounds a week. Even though, like, he wanted forty-two, so game set me up to fail there. I think. I don't know if it coincides with you leaving the rat race, but you seem to be enjoying this save more than I've seen you enjoy kind of previous saves yeah I don't, I don't know it might be that it's um it could be a combination of multiple things but it's it's a save that so sort of seems to have resonated with me a bit I like a bit of a challenge it was difficult like in the first like so the initially taking over although we can spend money no one's interested in coming uh coming to the club and it's a bit of an awkward time so you've got to turn morale around and basically we've gone from having to play Patrick Bamford up front and relying on him for goals when he only scored 10 in a season to having sort of made Rianne Brewster an absolute gem to the point where Liverpool are actually playing him. And anyone who's played played the game this year will notice how many of those awesome Liverpool youngsters get left to rot in their reserves and then just release them on a free. 
He scored 27 goals in, I think, 36 appearances in the league. It may, wow. may have been 34, actually. I, I meant to check before we started, but I think that's bonkers form to the point where he's now in the England squad as well. Who have you um, Who have you got to replace? If, if they're playing Brewster, who have you brought in to re- replace his goals? Um, I got a awesome little Portuguese wonder kid from Paco for is it Paco Ferreira or something like that? Oh, I can't Ferreira. remember what it is. I might be right. Um, he's just pricked up. <laughs> Portugal, <laughs> but uh, uh, he's Portuguese wonder kid. He cost us next to nothing. I think it was about two hundred fifty thousand um, pounds. He's got one of the best names I've ever heard in my life. Uh, Nuno Andre. Um, I can't remember the how to pronounce the last bit, but basically an acronym is NARF because it was so long. Um, Rocha Fonte is uh, his, his double-barreled surname. Uh, he's only 18. He's a bit hit and miss at the moment, but he's holding the fort until Gilmar arrives in January. So wait, is he, is he a real player or is he a new gen slash he's, he's a new gen. He's a new gen. So new, new most gen. Of, or regen. Or regen. Mm. Most of my uh, signings have been new gens and because my scouts have been particularly awesome, but we'll, we'll delve into that in a moment. So... Team updates, or team updates, uh, save updates are now done, so we can move into our team meeting. So we are chatting about sort of how we go about signing Wonderkids, how we go about finding them, um, and generally I guess our, our transfer preferences, particularly when it comes to signing them, and that this can cover off the, the Wonder Kids that are more well known who are actual players, like young players at the start of the game. And they, that can also sort of extend to players like me who I'm, I'm sort of four years in or five seasons into a save where there's a lot of new gens available and sort of how we go about picking them up. So, Kurt Dizzle, do you want to get us started? Well, I mean, I um, I like to have sort of a, a varied group of scouts. You know, I'm, I'm not as interested in how good they are as a scout, just more so that at the sort of grounds that they cover and kind of the, the player knowledge that they have. Um, obviously, you know, the, the ideal goal, if you're one of the bigger clubs, is to have kind of that almost full world knowledge. So I've always kind of been of the opinion, like, I'll, I'll sacrifice on attributes for judging ability and potential. Uh, if they've got a decent amount of knowledge, and this year especially, I, I just feel like um, like I set up my scouts kind of as normal. Um, you know, some scouting Europe, what you know, kids in Europe with, and I always add kind of desired attributes. Like I always look for work rate, teamwork, and stuff like that because I like to try and build a team with a a proper DNA, if you like. Um, but this year, more so than than most years, I think, like my scouts seem to to find more of these wonder kids, uh, and I don't know whether it's because obviously we've now got the kind of the scouting they've changed it slightly, the whole mechanic um, with the meetings and stuff like that. But um, I'm finding more and more wonder kids now this year than I possibly ever have uh, in previous versions of the game, um, even uh, and. I, I had this scout, a guy called Juiced Vulma. He's not a particularly good scout. I think he's got 12 and 11 for uh, judging ability and potential. Um, but because he had, he's got really good knowledge of a certain area in Europe, he'll just like go off and, and, and find me loads of these kids, uh, wonder kids. And it's just like, which one do you want? Which one do you want, Gaffer? It's just, you know, it seems to be, I don't know whether it's too easy. I'm not sure if that's fair, but it's just it seems to be easier 
to unearth these wonder kids than it has been in previous years. See, I've, I've. This is why I sort of stopped myself from carrying on with the Middlesbrough save because I've. This is the first time where I've actually got deep enough into a save where I start seeing these new gens start appearing, and I think it's almost entirely down to my chief scout who I've set to deal with everything basically I've, I've never really done it that way before but because i've normally set the assignments manually but i've just let him go off and and find whoever and he keeps on coming up with these absolute gems the past five players i think we've signed they've all turned into wonder kids we actually have one at the club as well i don't know if i i there's a couple of guys who drop into my stream who actually have done middlesbrough saves and they've had ossie robinson as well who i think uh, i've been told he was a, a lad who died of cancer and he sort of it sort of tributed into the game um, as a, a, a decent potential uh, player, but he's turning into something special because we're actually giving him game time now, but that's a, a different point, a point that we can cover at, at some point. But the the fact that we're bringing these guys in is or finding them is incredible, but I do think the sort of the the actual potentials of, of them can be a bit dubious because I've I, if we find one that looks decent, I generally get another scout to check him as well. Um, and I actually then specifically say go for him, uh, just in case there isn't one. Like I, have got the money at Middlesbrough where I can actually afford to blow like five million on someone on a whim in in case he might be awesome. But I have seen some that haven't quite turned out so well. But I do think having the money to invest does help. Like if I was a Championship side, one I wouldn't have the the scouting budget there, and I certainly wouldn't be able to blow five million on a single player without even knowing if he's going to be any good or not. Yeah, um, I think in the past I've I've almost thrown as many at the wall and see which one sticks. Like I'll try, I'll sign twenty high potential youngsters and then maybe two or three will come through. At which point I might have wasted a few million on each one of them. Um, I do. I have found this year though that I don't know whether the, there's more um, high potential kids or whether it's just your scouts. Like like you guys have been saying, are, are a bit better at finding them this year. Uh, I was a bit spoiled at Red Star having Marco Mitrovic. Uh, Mitrovic who is a ludicrous scout. He's got really good scouting attributes and his world knowledge is is ridiculous. Uh, so he was my head scout and I'll just let him go and look after it. Um, so we, we found loads and loads of really good youngsters that way um, and some cheap ones as well. Um, I think I spent about 4 million on one Brazilian wonder kid striker who turned into the best striker on the game. Uh, but other than that, it was all a few hundred thousand here, maybe less than a hundred thousand. Um, but yeah, let, just letting him get on with it really worked. Historically, though, what I'll what I tend to do is set up individual scouting uh, uh, assignments on myself. Like I'll spend quite a bit of time doing it, and I'll send two or three people to each area. If as long as I've got enough people to do it, looking for under eighteens with high work rate, and then another guy looking for under eighteens with good teamwork, and doing it that way. And then kind of filtering through it myself after that, but it's um it's a very laborious way of doing it. And uh this year I've had probably better success just letting my my scouting team go and do it themselves. Yeah, there's there's plenty of ways to I mean wonder kid searching in, in general. There's always like the, the historic, like the general YouTube video that you see every day, every year, how to get the best wonder kids. And I I, I mean I've seen people actually do it on videos and streams but there's the proper Yadar way of just waiting for every youth intake day and just like scouting them all and so on but um, 
Yeah, well, I, I think this year... Describe that as the Yadar way of <laughs> The Yadar way. I mean, if, you, if, if ever you were a generation <laughs> or representing your generation, that comment is it. That's it. But now nah, there's... Um, I think this year it is generally generally a little bit easier, especially to find like new gen regens uh, that are good. To be fair, I've very... You don't even... I think you can get quite lucky and not even set up a scout report because, you know, there's those agent offers now in the news thing, the news inbox when agents offer their player, player services or something. On the wall save that I did on YouTube, we got a lot of those that found decent. Uh, this year it was like South American players. So like it was mainly Brazilian players. There was a couple of South Africans as well. Uh, last year I had like some decent Japanese and Chinese players through that way as well. So I don't know if it's to do with the scouting network or the stature of the club or so on, but the wall save you could if I went on, I've still got it now obviously, but I go on the under twenty threes and it's full of Portuguese, Brazilian, South African, really really good wonder kids that I really didn't have to even sort of go out of my way to sign. They were offered to us through the agents, through the inbox, um, but it's 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 difficult. I mean. I know we've we spoke about it and touched on it before, but generally I'll go on a save, start a save at the start of the game. But I do actually check the Wonderkid list sometimes, not at the start of the game, but sort of once I'm in a save to actually see who's meant to turn out quite good. Because I've seen it before where some Wonderkids that are quite highly rated on the game don't turn out any good at all. So um, it's always quite interesting to, to have a look at that and see see how it all works out. For me, it's kind of when I get in, if money allows, obviously I go straight to my scouting packages, open them right up to world and obviously looking you know, for the best packages you can get. And then I go looking for the staff and like, a bit like Curti, I don't really focus on what their kind of attribute number is. Obviously, you want them to be as good as possible, but I aim for the countries that I want to go looking for the for the wonder kids in or for, you know, for the good youth prospects, Brazil, Portugal, Argentina, Colombia. So anywhere that... I kind of want to go and you know dip my rod. Um, I'll, I'll find a scout that's that's very good in that country, and that's where I just go and send them. And then I'll always make sure I'm scouting like the under twenties tournaments and things like that, and looking for people when you can look at the top goal scorers, best pass uh, completion, and things like that. I always just go through and look at the the kind of in game stats of tournaments just to see if there's someone in there that you know stands out from the crowd. And you know, and then also, if I if I've got a particular system that I'm using, I, I go and look for players that will, you know, have similar attributes, maybe just a kind of lesser number, and then that's what I'm scouting. I'm looking for the same type of player to fit the system, rather than going, oh, there's a wonder kid doesn't fit in my system, but I'm going to try and have to change it. I'd rather get people that come in and work in the system that we've already got. That's interesting, actually, because I I I never really consider in-game stats and kind of what they've achieved in football until. Obviously, until the point I want to sign them, because I always just think, like as as younger players, they've got so much to grow into that it kind of it's almost like a false reading. But um, I don't know. Maybe I'll take pay more attention. But I guess um, just going back to what Dave said, like the agent offers. I guess it makes sense, doesn't it, with the agent offers? Because if like in real life football, it kind of feels like agents are so prevalent in the game that they'll be touting yeah. player X to all and sundry at any given opportunity if it if they can make themselves a few quid so it kind of makes sense um i um the wonder kid lists thing i've um like i used it la- like last year because obviously i think at the time we were both doing stuff for fm scout um yeah. so like we had to do 
a lot of stuff uh, surrounding like Wonder Kid lists and producing videos for top ten players and kind of how they progress um, with with AI management. I think it's always a, a toss up of how good some of these players can become, especially at the start of the game. Like you know, they could be listed as a Wonder Kid, but we all know that if you don't have the right training set up prior to you know before they're eighteen and then they don't get game time after they're eighteen, it can all go to shit. Um, but I haven't. I must admit, I haven't looked at one a single Wonder Kid list this year. Um, and like last year, I could have told you almost every, you know, like a high percentage of the Wonder Kids that were in the game at the start. But this year, I've just not looked at one. And I've, I've, you know, I, I, I don't think I ever will again. <laughs> kind of um, ju- just to go back to to what Joe was saying there about looking in certain areas and and looking at certain nations. Um, you were saying about looking at under 18s and under 20s tournaments. What I'll do as well is go to under 18s for like the major nations and have a, a bit of a look through there. But of quite a few very good players that I found is if you go to their under 21s and even the national sides and see if there's anyone that's still qualified for the younger uh, age group. So if you go to the under 21s and there's a 17 year old in there, it's like a good chance he's probably pretty good. Um, and just have a quick look at him. I've picked up a couple of players like that. Um, and again, so just to what Curtie said, game time. Um, this year, what I used to do is pick up loads of youth players, leave them in the under-18s until they were too old for that. Then they'd either come up to the first team straight away or I'd think, all oh, right, he's not going to cut it, sell him on. That was it. Like it was, If you're not good enough to be getting into the reserve for the first team, then you're probably not going to cut it at a later date. This year, I've been doing loads more loan signings and even selling on with buyback fees and those kind of things so that players can go out and get that first-team football. And a lot of those players have come back in way better shape, looking like much better players at the end of it. Because obviously, game time at the end of the day is what's going to make people progress. It's a good tip, that, actually, as well, isn't it? Looking at sort of youth teams, uh, ordering them by value, because um, that's often quite a good indicator. Quite you know, Wage. Yeah, wage as well. Um, if anyone's an outlier within that group of players, there's every chance that they're probably quite tasty and they'll, you know, possibly develop into something. That's that's the one thing that well, I always mention it, the value thing. It's such a strange feature on Football Manager. I understand like everyone has a value, but it's almost as if some sometimes a value in, in game managers don't know how much a player's worth until they inquire with the club like that's that's the one feature that i always sort of discuss but i've I've mentioned it before on here anyway um i forgot what i was gonna say now because i've just gone on that total tangent matt continue because i've i've got (laughs) i'll save it don't worry dave (laughs) cheers yeah that sort of leading on from like you're saying about like the value and stuff i've actually had uh, so the the same team that i signed narf from there was a load of others that were sort of lurking around uh, the same team so I signed them all. So I scout, scouted them. They were sort of, they weren't going to cost us very much money. I thought, you know what, sod it. It's so worth the get risk. One free deal. It would pretty well buy buy one get the three free. To be honest, there were, I, I did. I went to town. I did go did go to town on them. Uh, so I signed I signed two from the same team in addition, and they had actually cost more, or they they were valued higher, but were nowhere near as good. So they were promptly loaned out quite quickly. Uh, it's it's quite interesting you're saying about sort of what that you know that in terms of how they attain that potential. I've been a lot more selective this year over because I've got quite a lot of these young 
youngsters in the team. And I've also had some that are from my own under-18s that I've then moved into the under-23s, and now I'm trying to make sure they actually get game time. Most of them have now just turned to 18 slash 19, so they they need the game time. And I'm, I'm just throwing them in. I'm doing, but I am trying to do, like stay true to the whole Sir Alex Ferguson challenge and actually, I'm not, I'm not just basically throwing them all in because some of them really won't cut the mustard at all. But there are a couple of standouts that genuinely could reach their potential if I'm able to play them as much as I'm intending to. Oh, you certainly send the uh, boom boom into my heart, Matt. Uh, but I was going <laughs> to no, that was that was forcing it a bit. Um, I was going to say about the and I, I mentioned the Wonder Kid uh, thing list and stuff earlier, but <laughs> Kurt, you stopped laughing. Um, uh, just ever since we, I know the pod's almost like a year old, but ever since we started the pod, like I that that sort of thing now, I just take the game and sort of like almost another dimension, and I just do it like a proper. I know Toby mentioned it as if he's the actual manager in real life, and I'm sure a lot of people would say the same that listen to the pod. Just talking to like four other guys every week just makes me understand the game a lot more and take the game maybe even a lot more seriously than I should. So the whole tactics, the scout, and everything that. I just do it totally different than what I would have do it like a year or two ago. Anyway, but it just it just makes the enjoyment of the game much higher as well. Uh, just to kind of add, tack something onto that, that game time for for youth players. One thing that I did realize I've not over my 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 career, if you want to call it that, in playing football <laughs> manager. Like the, the whole time I've been playing football manager, um, I've done very few saves where teams all have recognized B teams in lower divisions. Um, in the last couple of times, like obviously with VRL last year and doing the Bilbao save this year, having decent quality B teams that you can put your really promising youngsters in. And if they're at a decent level, you know they're going to be playing to a decent standard, especially if you know they're going to be playing your tactic as well. So th- those that's really good. Either that or getting re- like good feeder clubs, uh, good affiliated clubs in high-end leagues getting the players out to them. If you've got good players and they're, they're willing to take them, like in Holland or Belgium or you know Portugal or wherever, if you can send those players out and get them 20, 30 games a year starting at a decent level, it's way better than playing for under-23s or sitting on your bench and playing 5, 10 games a year, in my opinion. Does, uh, does everyone buy Wonder Kids on the basis of their using their tactic as a guide or is it just a case of if you say for example you don't play an attacking midfielder but you found this amazing uh, attacking midfield new gen um definitely not a regen a new gen and uh, regen. would you would you then look to to just kind of change your tactic and potentially build a side around him because obviously at that point he still he needs game time to to develop and maybe you know, is that too, is would it be too early for your first team, etc.? It really depends on the quality of the player, I guess. If if you pick up someone who's seventeen, eighteen, who looks like they might be a world beater, I think it's maybe not initially building the team around them, but certainly maybe starting to take strides to find a position for them when they come to when they come good for it. And that'd be another good good reason to send people out on loan like that. Make sure you get that player, realize that they're going to be very, very good in two or three years let them go and play their game and develop their game and bring them back into a, a style and tactic where the rest of the teams are almost been built for them to be dropped in. But generally speaking, if you're looking for just talented youngsters, I'll try and make, like Joe was saying before, like like for like ch- uh, sign-ins or maybe somewhat, some, someone that could come in and make an improvement to a tactic, but I wouldn't make wholesale changes just to try and fit like five-star potential players in. 
just for, you know, shits and giggles. I think, yeah, I agree with Dan and the fact that it depends. If it's a player that I can see and they don't quite fit into the system, but they, there's clearly some sort of profit with them, if I'm bringing them in on a free or a small amount of money, financial reasons, and yeah, I'd, I'd bring them in, obviously, f- in the long run. Um, but it, do, it does depend, really. If they're only going to turn out to be someone that, I don't know, like a three or four star player, then probably, well, again, it depends on position, I think, and the financial reasonings for it. Um, I'm very much like I said earlier I I buy them for the tactic or the system that I'm using uh, the only time I'll kind of go away from that is if it's someone that's come through my own new system um, and if they're coming through then they deserve to kind of have a little bit of an adjustment to the system to squeeze them in um, there's a question that might be asked later in the pod which I'll explain more about a certain person <laughs> um, I mean the, the whole thing about trying to fit a player into a philosophy I do love and it's something that I've become to or I've done in the past but the past few sort of transfer windows I think I'm what in my fourth transfer window now I think with Middlesbrough and I'm I've got a bit more of a, a representation or, or a bit more of a I've got a better idea of how I've gone about it this season I, I was a bit haphazard and a bit basically we'll get whoever we can get and we'll work around it then because we were still a middling, you know, we were still expected to, in fact, first season, I think their expectation was 18th. The second season, or my first full season, we were expected to finish bottom. So players were not interested in coming to us. So we were, we were, I was just having to basically get in whoever we can and then see what we can work out. Whereas this, this season, I've been able to actually plan things a bit more. I've got three tactics. I know exactly what we'll do. And we're sticking to this four. 3-3 that we're playing playing at the moment and I've signed players specifically to fit into that and to sort of follow the strategy and then also sort of almost handpicked the youngsters of where they're going to play and actually gone about doing that rather than being a bit haphazard. I still will go through and pinch as many wonder kids as I can because there's always potential for sell on even if, you know, if there is an absolute bargain from Brazil, I will absolutely pick him up even if he's not going to play purely because I need to you know, keep the uh, the the wheels of the machine oiled is what I was going to say. The only the sort of the final question I was going to sort of ask everyone is: Have we seen a lot of English wonder kids? Because I've not seen an awful lot other than obviously going into the under twenty ones or the under nineteens, and I certainly not had a huge amount come through my youth youth ranks. And I also wanted to sort of know if you've sort of noticed that Brexit affects some of your saves, particularly those of you that have managed in England. So obviously Dan may not have so much experience of this, but it was just sort of something that I've noticed that I've got a soft Brexit, so it doesn't really apply to me. But I don't know if anyone else has sort of seen someone that's awesome, but then hasn't been able to get them in because of work permits. I've um, I had the soft Brexit as well, so it didn't really affect things that much. But to be honest, I've not really seen many English especially this year, like world beaters as such. I had one guy that was pretty decent. It was a left back. Can't remember his name. He played for Newcastle and I tried to bring him in. But um, other than that, like, you normally do see quite a, a good striker that's English uh, on the game. But I, to be to be honest, this year I've not, uh, and I've gone like fairly five, six, seven years into saves and I've not seen anyone of very high quality, to be honest, not to my knowledge anyway. In terms of English play, like, like you say, I've not managed in England, but scouting around, looking for players. I've certainly scouted England. Um, I've noticed a lot, mostly kind of very high quality, solid players. So like not your flashy game changers, but really good goalkeepers, really good centre-backs. 
like good a good ball winning midfielder, that kind of thing, but not a you know, a not a Ronaldo type player or a you know, another Harry Kane or that kind of thing. Um but again, like I've not been managing in, in England, so I've not been doing extensive searching, just seeing the the top prospects coming through that my that my scouts have found. There's um, only one Harry Kane. Harry Kane. <laughs> Excellent. Well I think we can round things off there before we uh we tread on the toes of another topic that we'll we'll go on to at some point, no doubt. Okay, so we've got some Q&A time left over before we dip into the quiz. Uh, in fact, I'm going to start off with uh, one from Charlie Nichols' shout-out. Joe's missus. Uh, do you think that playing tactical-slash-managerial games helps with other aspects of your life? I think that's quite an interesting Ooh, one, actually. I find I'm always incredibly angry. <laughs> Isn't that just with you being northern, Dan? It kind of comes with the territory. Hey, no, I was I was very happy. I was a happy man before I found out football manager. <laughs> no, it's uh, no, I don't think so. Um, I've got like quite an analytical job. Whether that has happened partly because of football manager, or I enjoy football manager because I clearly am drawn to data and stuff like that. I don't know. I don't know. That's too deep for me to delve into. I, th- I think in terms of obviously real life football in obviously personal real life stuff and other things in general like that sort of uh, topic, I think it's helped a lot. Just understanding a lot of things, whether it's players or the tactical side of things. Um, it's definitely sort of transferred into that. But sort of real life terms, there is probably plenty of things that we don't realise. But yeah, that's the only thing that can really stick out in my mind, to be honest. Basically... Kurt and David just said what I was going to say. Like I've always been, like I've always been a fan of maths and numbers and statistics and all that kind of stuff. So I don't like Kurt said. I don't know whether I've come towards football manager and enjoy the game so much because I have that kind of, I enjoy that kind of statistics and things, or whether football manager has made me more aware and more interested in it. And as Dave said, it's made me more aware about tactics and the day-to-day running of clubs and how things work and all, all that kind of stuff and, and maybe made me more interested in the sport on a less of just on the face of it kind of thing, less of just watching the sport and having fun watching it. It made me kind of wonder why things are good or make me look too much into st- statistics and, you know, the the underbelly of football and, and the game. Great question from the wife. Um, it kind of works. You know, I think my real-life job influences how I play football manager but then I think when I was doing the youth coaching I think football manager helped with certain aspects of that so it's a kind of bit of back and forth um yeah that's it for me well well answered. <laughs> <laughs> right uh got time for one more I think from friend of the pod Daniel Gear. Congratulations on reaching 50 episodes. Well, thank you, Dan. Uh, which feature that is no longer in the game would you like to see returned? Hmm. I should probably give you a chance to, to think about that one. In-depth training. Arrows. One at a time, lads. <laughs> we have a process. In-depth <laughs> um, in, uh, in training for me. Making individual training uh, plans and stuff and, and being able to select a player and, and send him to go and work on his whatever you want him to do rather than just kind of grouping players in. Um, Barrows, Pharaohs, Wibble Wobble and all that. Yeah, I think Wibble Wobble for me. I think uh, having that visual aid of 
of where players will be at certain whether you know certain phases in the game or or when the ball's in certain areas of the pitch i think that would help a lot of people the hell's wibble wobble i was just about to say i'm looking at i'm looking at dave's face and he's going what What? the fuck um with ball without ball it's an old thing that you used to see on the tactic screen so where your players would be with position without position Never knew of it as wibble wobble. The only thing for me is like obviously the, when I first started it was the sliders. Well, like other than that, they've never really taken out any sort of big key sort of features that are noticeable for me anyway. There was there was this thing when you was young, Dave, called forums, and that was it was quite a big oh, thing yeah. back, back in the day. Yeah. Did anyone ever used to download that? Um, I think it's like FM0809 Tugs training. It was just like it was like a really OP training scheme on on FM. Very good. I think yeah. his name is Mark. Why go on Mark if you're listening? <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Mark. He doesn't Mark know what Wagwan is. Hello. My feature, I think I mentioned it a number of times, would be the just the ability to select your target man supply. That's mm. the most annoying thing. Or, or at least being able to tick who's a playmaker without actually having to specifically choose a playmaker role. They're sort of both the same sort of thing, but that would be lovely. To be Free able to roll t- box. Well, it's not the same, is it? It's Run around, go anywhere. <laughs> do, do what you want. But that, well, you, the thing is, you have the free roll box kind of as the 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 more roaming kind of gives you, I guess, a bit more. But yeah. I think a bit more control over who would be your playmaker would be lovely. Right. That's time. Actually, no, 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 no. We've got to do an answer. This The oh. answer this week is uh, Jose Mourinho. Uh, that's from Lee Plays. So have we got a question? Who David. will be out of a job? By Christmas, who's going to start writing the tactics uh, on the walls with his own shit? Yeah. <laughs> he looks like who he's beat, at that stage. Who's currently who getting... beat Alex Ferguson once? Got himself all the big jobs with all the money, and everyone still hates him. <laughs> <laughs> who right now is getting a personalised straight jacket made? <laughs> who will be Wolves manager next season? Yeah, easy, <laughs> oh, the points Portugal go to Curti. Yeah, Viva <laughs> <Yeah>. Portugal. <laughs> Perfect. Right. Hopefully that's Portuguese sati- bingo card. <laughs> right. Okay. It's uh, time for everyone's favourite part of the pod. Curtis Quiz. Right. As it's the big five zero this week, this quiz is all about players who have scored at least fifty Premier League goals throughout their respective careers uh, in a good old "Who Am I" format. Remember Yay. that. Yay. So all you're going to get is their nationality, number of goals scored, rough position, and uh, clubs they've played for. Um, and please do remember that everyone is required to answer, as well as the usual rules of uh, first to shout in gets the opportunity to answer the question. One point for a correct answer. If you get the question wrong, you are subject to that minus one point Viking Dan rule. Uh, we have ten questions. Are we all ready? Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. We will start then. As always, question number one. Who am I? I'm a retired Costa Rican striker who scored at exactly 50. Joe. Joe. Hello, one chop. Bastard. Is correct. <laughs> How many other Costa Rican strikers can you remember? <laughs> Brian Ruiz. Nine. Ooh. Cheers. GG. <laughs> Bonus point. <laughs> Question number two. Who am I? I'm a Bosnian striker who also scored Joe. Joe. Ed and Jekko. Can't be right. It is correct. Fucking hell. So 50 goals for Man City. When did you send him the answer to this? Uh, I wrote a quiz, son. Yeah. <laughs> Question number three. 
I'm a retired English midfielder who scored 50 Premier League goals exactly. I'm also a pundit for football on the Joe. BBC. Jo- Joe? Oh, Danny Murphy. It's correct. Oh, what my God. Hell? I was going to say Paul Scholes until he said BBC. <laughs> Let's we'll say about Danny Murphy the better. Scenes. Question Danny number Murphy. four. Who am I? I'm a Spanish midfielder who is currently on 50 Premier League goals. I joined Arsenal in 2003. Joe. Joe. Cesc Fabregas. Fabregas is correct. I mean, this is getting embarrassing. Dave's gone. Dave's left off the box. Dave's left. Stormed out of press conference. Fuming. Question number five. Who am I? I'm a retired English striker who scored exactly 50 Premier League goals. I once blocked Curtie on Twitter for telling me... Joe. Joe? Joe Bofford. Minus one. Uh, I was going to say, Premier League goals, Joe Bofford. <laughs> oh, so you're getting all the answers correct, Dave? Hey. Ooh, I ain't got the answers, son. Yeah. I once blocked Curtie on Twitter for telling me I'd used the word ironic erroneously. Oh. I'm more known for my spell at Crystal Palace from 1986 to 1992. But most of my Premier League goals came whilst playing for Sheffield Wednesday. I oh, also had a two-year spell at Charlton when I joined them in 1997 and I had a very famous uh, re- partnership at Crystal Palace with Ian Wright. Dave? Come on, Dave. Man. Wait, is it... Um, this is a guess, right? Mark Bright? Yes. Is correct. Is it? <laughs> yes. I wasn't even born back then. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I didn't think of Mark Bright. I genuinely... Yeah. Uh, yes. He's an awful commentator. That's why... Should, should, that that's ironic, Matt. Right. Quiz. Wow. Him and Danny that's Murphy can go die in fires. Preferably <laughs> the same <laughs> one. <laughs> saves on fuel. Oh, God. Question number six is taking a dark turn. <laughs> Question number six. Who am I? I'm a Spanish striker, but I was actually born in Brazil. Joe... Joe. Oh, God. Diego Costa. He's correct. Oh, flipping heck. Holy <laughs> 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 hell. Question number seven. To disgrace. Who am I? I'm an English midfielder, but I started as a left back for my first club, Aston Villa, in 1998. Jan. Joe. Gareth Barry. He's correct. It's that delay again. <laughs> <laughs> Damn Discord latency. Question number eight. Who am I? I'm a retired Nigerian striker who scored 54 Premier League. Dan. Kanu. Yes. <laughs> I just so didn't happy want to take that <laughs> Joe. Oh, sorry. It's that latency. <laughs> Question number nine. Who am I? I'm a retired Australian forward who scored... 57. Joe. Joe. Viduka. Mark Viduka. <laughs> is incorrect. What? Yes. Hey. 57 Premier League goals. I joined Leeds in 1996. Nerd. Dave. Nerd. Harry Kewell. Is correct. He's a winger. Oh, arguably not a striker. He's a oh, winger. Washington. I said forward. Washington. He's a winger. He's a it wasn't Washington. There was strikers and wingers in the 90s, mate. The way, yeah. It wasn't forwards. He was versatile. <laughs> that was a disgrace, by the way, Kurt. He Washington last week. I was disgusted. Sit down. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> you weren't even here. I know. But if I was... 
Question number 10. Let's end this. Who am I? Chris Curtis. I'm a retired <laughs> English midfielder who scored 62 Premier League goals. Possibly the most famous one being from the halfway line against Wimbledon. Joe. No. Dave. That was Joe. David Beckham. Is correct. Well, that was a one-man show. Who won Interesting that? Interesting that you took that, cho- chose that as the famous goal, but that's fair enough. Which one would you have gone for? I don't know. Well, I guess it's his most probably his most famous Premier League goal, but I think that maybe the oh. Greece one. One against yeah, Greece to get to the Euros. Yeah, I was talking about Premier League goals, though, wasn't I? Yeah. Anyway, results are in. Uh, it's obviously very tight this week. Um, <laughs> in joint second place. All on one point apiece is Mr. Nerdphonic, Mr. Dave as a party, and Viking Dan finishes with a positive score. Well done. It's a disgrace. Um, out on his own, though, with five points. He could even afford to get a couple wrong. Is Mr. Friday Night FM. Well done, Joe. Miss Ben. Had, had, had to get back up there again. <laughs> like to thank Panini sticker albums and uh, Premier League goals. And Kurt, for sending the answers. <laughs> what website was that on? Excellent week, excellent quiz this week, even bloody hell. Oh, if I could get my head screwed on, it'd be marvellous. Right, before we all go, because it is getting towards that time once again, uh, time for some plugs. Mr. Kurt Dizzle, where can people find you? Uh, Kurt FM, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch. Instagram, love that. Uh, Mr. Joel? Friday Night FM on Twitter, FridayNightFM.com or TheMidfieldQB.com. Perfect. Uh, Dave Azopardi. Dave has a party on YouTube and Twitter. Dave has a party FM on Twitch. Viking Dan, because I know you don't like me calling you the abbreviated name. VD. Well, you, you just mentioned it yourself. So. VD. Yeah. Um, uh, Viking Dan on YouTube and Twitch and Viking Dan TV on the Twitters. Perfect. And you can find me at Nerdphonic absolutely everywhere. That brings the end to episode 50. I mean, the fact that we've got this far is kind of crazy, um, but we'll hold off the celebrations Woo! just a little bit. We'll put the put the champers on ice. Uh, for to 52. episode 54. Yeah, 54. Shut up, Jay. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we'll bring this to a close. Uh, you can find the links for the Five Star Pod uh, Twitter account, the Wishtrum FM Discord server, as well as each of us and Joe's blog in the podcast description. The Five Star Potential Podcast is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most popular podcast apps and platforms with a new podcast released at mo- at Monday. I mean, I've read my, write- my own writing and it's wrong. Released on Monday at 8am every week. If you've enjoyed the pod, then please leave us a review on iTunes and drop us a follow on SoundCloud whilst you're at it. This has been Five Star Potential, a WeStream FM production, and we'll see you all next week for episode number 51. Marvellous. Say goodbye, folks. Goodbye, folks. Goodbye. Goodbye.